Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. <laughs> ben took the day off. I forgot to fix that. Uh, my bad. Okay, but uh, Mark Lawrence, yes, I'm here. And my good co-host today is John Shipman. So welcome aboard, sir. Thank you, Mark. Good to be here. John Shipman, uh, current and uh, former business person, and very active in our community, Sunbury City Council, treasurer, SRI volunteer, Spark volunteer, Albright Center is one of his new endeavors. He's also one of the advocates locally, if you ever have questions about the convention of states he's been studying this and uh, you cannot study it and not become an advocate for it and uh, that happened in his case and he has he like almost everybody who sits across from me is smarter than me remembers more has more experience and true wisdom so and is conservative isn't that funny the older and smarter people get the more conservative not necessarily i think there's really bright people that are conservatives and there's really bright people that are liberals and i think you're one of the brightest guys around you know more thank you you know whole lot about a whole lot of things, and I always enjoy being on the show with you. Well, I know a tiny bit about a hundred things. That's what I'll, I'll clarify, but I do appreciate you coming in, so thank you very much. Uh, we are glad to say that we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to the state senator in the 27th district, John Gordner. Uh, we asked him if he would be interested in giving us a quick legislative update and a bit of a personal update. It's going to be my first question, and he agreed to call in. Uh, John Gordner uh, is a Republican, 27th District uh, State Senator. He's Pennsylvania Senate Whip, which means uh, he goes around and uh, counts heads and makes sure that votes are ready. And if somebody has says, well, I'm not going to vote that way, he says, what's your concern? And probably answers a lot of good questions that way. Uh, John, thank you so much for checking in. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Mark. Good morning, John. Good morning, Senator. How are you this morning? I am uh, pretty good, thank you. I Great. Do, I do appreciate that. I'm glad you're 100%. You were a little under the weather. We know that to be true. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but you, you sound like you're up to about 95%. So uh, I, I would say 95 is a is a good number, yes. <laughs> good. Well, thank you. Uh, I mentioned you're a majority whip. Uh, reiterate to our audience what the, what the many and varied duties are of a, a whip in a legislature. Sure. Uh, the President Pro Tem, uh, by the way, presides over the Senate. He's the top elected officer. And then each caucus has a, a leader and a, a whip. So uh, Jake Corman is the majority leader for the Senate Republicans, uh, uh, one of my two closest friends, along with Joe Scardani, the pro, uh, pro tem. And I'm the whip, so basically uh, I have a couple of roles. One is to assist the leader in the running of the floor. Uh, and, for example, uh, this past Wednesday, two days ago, uh, the leader uh, was not able to be in Harrisburg. So... Uh, I was in charge of running the floor that day, going through the calendar. We actually uh, swore in a new member, Dave Arnold, from Lebanon County. Uh, so I had all those responsibilities. Uh, but also, if there are issues coming up, and uh, not to bring a, another issue on the table, but uh, on Tuesday, our caucus spent probably two hours on property tax reform again uh, with a number of proposals that a bipartisan group had come up with back in December. 
So uh, I'm now charged over the next couple of weeks of contacting each of our members and going over each of the five or six plans that were talked about to see what their interest is in those proposals. So I, uh, I survey the members as to where they are on, on matters and issues and amendments and bills. Do we have the possibility of some property tax reform in the uh, years ahead? Uh, well, look, it's been the uh, ongoing issue, and for those old, old-timers uh, like uh, John Shipman uh, may or may not remember that Governor Casey actually put a property tax uh, reform proposal on the, on the uh, ballot back in uh, 1988, uh, if I recall, which uh, the voters voted down uh, three to one. Uh, I think it was 25% in favor and 75% against. So it's been a long, long effort. But there's a bipartisan uh, group, both House and Senate members, uh, Democrats and Republicans, that worked together. In December they came up with, uh, they were charged to come up with a consensus proposal. Uh, As you would expect, they came up with, uh, I believe, five uh, different alternatives. Uh, So they were presented to us, uh, all uh, intriguing, only one I think did a full elimination. Uh, the other four did uh, partial iterations of them. But uh, we caucused on them, asked a lot of questions, uh, hard questions. So we now need to see where members are. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, maybe something will come forward. And need, as, as you are well aware, your constituents are ready for something to happen in that regard. Let me ask you to take off your whip hat and put on your uh, Berwick hat for a moment as a resident of Berwick. Uh, re-election. Will you uh, run for office again? Yeah. So Tuesday uh, of this week was when uh, all petitions could start to be circulated. Uh, the Senate was in session this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but I certainly drove up. Uh, Linda Culver had an event at uh, uh, downtown Sunbury uh, there at the uh, Packer House, uh, and I was asked to MC it and to have petitions there, so I was glad to uh, support her reelection effort, but also ask uh, folks to uh, assist me with my reelection effort, too. Uh, it's 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 great to be a part of a leadership team and to be at the table. Uh, the way it works is uh, the, uh, Joe Scarnati, uh, Jay Corey, myself, uh, and Pat Brown, who's the appropriations chair, are the uh, four members of our leadership team that meet on a regular basis on all sorts of issues and every budgetary matter, every large issue. Uh, Jay Corman, the majority leader, has a structure where he's a team guy. He likes to get input from the team. He likes to get competing interests, uh, different viewpoints. And so uh, for the past three plus years, I think it's been great for our area to have uh, someone in the whip position to uh, be at the table. And I look forward to continuing to do that. All right. Well, good luck. Keep us informed. Uh, we'll look forward for to more information, uh, campaign appearances, uh, per se. I'd love to dig farther into how this uh, advantages our area, having you as the majority whip in the state Senate. I know uh, we always used to talk to Merle Phillips at great length about the, the almost a nuanced advantages that as he moved into leadership, I believe he was caucus administrator, and that uh, uh, turned out to be an advantage. So we will talk to you about your campaign as uh, time goes on. Convention of States uh, is now pending in a Senate uh, committee. Your knowledge of this and your feelings about the idea of uh, getting the Convention of States out of committee? Well, the the expert in my district is sitting across from you. (laughs) That works out. (laughs) So you need to to talk to John Shipman. Uh, 
Uh, it is a uh, issue that is out there. Uh, there has been no vote uh, in the Senate that has come out of committee on that issue. Uh, there was a uh, joint hearing last year, if I'm correct, uh, with the House State Government Committee and the Senate State Government Committee uh, on this uh, issue of uh, Convention of States. Uh, if I, John will correct me whether it's Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. It uh, is Article, Article 5. Yes. Um, and uh, there are a number of states that have already uh, passed. Uh, you have to do it by resolution, uh, from what I understand. Uh, in the House, if I'm correct, the House State Government Committee actually did uh, report the resolution out of committee. Uh, Garth Everett from uh, our area is the chair of that committee. He's from Lycoming County. It came out narrowly. Uh, I think uh, on a partisan vote uh, with all the Democrats voting against it and almost all the Republicans voting for it, but hasn't moved over there. We have not had any vote uh, here in the Senate. Do you have any uh, any idea, uh, Senator, if uh, uh, the committee will be moving on that uh, in this early season? I know that once we get to April or so, uh, everything's budget. So <laughs> I was just wondering what your thinking is on that. Yeah, and the challenge uh, is that uh, we've had a turnover on the state government uh, committee from a chairmanship's perspective without getting into all the uh, difficult details that Mike Fulmer had been chair of that committee for quite some time, and then he left uh, last, I forget when it was, last April or so. And then uh, Kristen Phillips-Hill uh, took over as uh, acting chair. She was the one that joined in on that uh, joint hearing that I spoke of. But uh, now with the election of Dave Arnold, and we're now to a full complement in the Senate, uh, there was some rearranging of chairs again. And uh, John DeSanto... Uh, from Dauphin County just took over uh, really on Wednesday as chair of that committee. So he uh, will need to come up to speed on the issues, and we'll have to see where uh, he may go with that. What's your view on the Convention of States? What's your opinion about this, uh, getting it past the state legislature and getting on board? Uh, It's an interesting idea. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I haven't had a lot of input from uh, district uh, constituents on it. Uh, John uh, very passionate and very uh, vocal, very knowledgeable, as you alluded earlier on the subject. I think we've heard from uh, five other people, so uh, a total of, I think, six from what I checked before I left Harrisburg on Wednesday that have voiced their support for the issue. Uh, I think it's to uh, the effort is to rein in um, our federal government to what uh, the framers thought it was, and I'm actually uh, starting to read the, the book on Hamilton. I finally saw the the play a couple of months ago in Philadelphia, so I'm actually reading Hamilton the book and going back to the Federalist Papers and all the neat things I remember from uh, college as a history major. Right. Uh, but to to rate in, uh, rein in Congress to what the framers thought it to be. Right. Uh, the challenge, and I'll just throw one challenge out there, is you know if you limit uh, Congress to certain things, you probably limit their funding to certain things. Uh, we've got a massive uh, $800 million central Susquehanna Valley through, through a project that's being funded uh, 90% by federal dollars. Uh, so I'm, I'm just a little cautious about uh, 
raining in and, uh, everything until yeah. we get the CFTT done. Well, and I don't think that, the, the, you know, the Constitution, for instance, gives uh, specifically to the federal government uh, interstate commerce. So uh, transportation issues, I think, probably would, would, would not be affected. Um, there are some things that that, that, uh, uh, that the federal government is into that they probably shouldn't be. And the problem is that, uh, and we've discussed this, and I think we agree on this, uh, Washington works really well for Washington, but in most cases, Washington doesn't work so well for central Pennsylvania. And um, they just continue to grab more power and more power and more power. And in its wisdom, the, the Constitutional Convention of 1887 said that the federal government should be limited specifically to the things that is granted in the Constitution. Everything else is reserved to the states and to the people, and the people don't count anymore. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure that there's a lot of a disagreement about that. And and you know what you always face is the uh, the unfunded uh, mandates or the requirements. And uh, state government does this uh, to county government as well, uh, but the federal government passes laws, and there's strings attached. Uh, and mandates and requirements attached, uh, but not necessarily all the funding uh, attached. Right. Okay, so you're still gathering information on Convention of States, haven't solidified a, a rock-solid position on it. Sounds like the committee hasn't gone in a particular direction. I think that's it. John, we do appreciate uh, your, your, your consideration on this, um, and we know that you will study it carefully, and uh, as you do with everything else, uh, we are certainly thankful to have you as our local senator, and uh, we appreciate all you do for our area, and uh, we just... Uh, uh, would love to have the opportunity when you have time to even discuss it further after you read Hamilton. Uh, I'll, buy, I'll buy you lunch, okay? Sure. Well, Mark, there's no doubt there's an expert uh, in my district on the issue, and he's in, he's in the room. Okay, well, great. Well, as you continue to bone up on that, uh, let me sit in the back row at that meeting. I promise I'll be quiet, and uh, I'll learn something, something else about it, too. John, do you have time to stand by for a moment while I take care of sponsors, then come back to sure. you? All right. Sure. So, uh, John Gordner, 27th District State Senate member on the line. He's a Republican, is seeking re-election. You mentioned that earlier, and is a, the Senate Majority Whip. So that's uh, one of the uh, top top two or three people uh, in Harrisburg. So we'll continue that conversation momentarily. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. And wow, did you want to have a fun day in 2019? Sunbury Motors increased their year-over-year new Hyundai sales by a whopping 70%. Customers near and far are noticing the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 2020 Hyundai Tucsons have a discount of over $4,000. New Tucsons start at $22,863 with $25 in stock. Sunbury Motors has 12 2020 Hyundai Kona's. In stock starting at 22585 Save up to 2835 on your next new Kona. 70% increase in sales is huge. And so are the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Choose from 20 Hyundai Santa Fe's with savings up to 4571 All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hurry to Sunbury Motors Hyundai to see how they increase sales by 70%. Sunbury Fourth Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. 
All right, welcome back to the KOK Live telephone talk show on the mark. We're in the middle of our conversation with uh, State Senator John Gordner, who's on the news line. We appreciate him uh, calling in today. One of the things talked about lately in Harrisburg is moving up the Pennsylvania spring primary election, uh, maybe by the year 2024. Uh, John, what's your view on that idea? Uh, well, I'm the sponsor of it. Uh, so <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm supportive of it. I introduced the bill uh, last session and was pleased that, uh, again, the state government committee uh, had reported it out unanimously. And then, uh, lo and behold, uh, just so you know that it does happen, on uh, Wednesday of this week, the Senate uh, unanimously, uh, every Democrat vote, every Republican vote, uh, voted in favor of doing that. Right now we're uh, set at the fourth Tuesday in April, which this year is April 28th. Uh, this year we will be the last big state to have a uh, primary election. Uh, people that can go back, I remember California used to have one in June, uh, back in the day, and uh, now theirs is on Super Tuesday. Uh, theirs is March 3rd. So we shouldn't be uh, the last big state to have a primary. So I knew last year that I wasn't going to introduce anything that was going to change anything for this year figured it makes more sense to do it for 2024, and so my legislation uh, would move it to the Tuesday uh, in March, and uh, we would then be one of just uh, four states on that day, along with Florida, Illinois, and Arizona. All right, and that has the, uh, a sufficient amount of momentum and, and really no downside that I detect, although somebody probably has one somewhere, but uh, that has sufficient momentum, you think, in the House and the Senate to get going, and then, and then what will be next for it? Sure, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. When I got involved with it, you have to look at uh, uh, Democratic National uh, Committee uh, rules, uh, Republican National Committee rules, they actually have rules in place that you need uh, their approval to go before the uh, March 15th. Um, by the way, no state uh, other than uh, Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina can have anything before March 1st. Uh, so uh, February is a complete uh, blackout month. Um, but uh, again, we violate uh, no RNC rules, no DNC rules. And uh, I think there is a belief that uh, Pennsylvania should be a player and deciding who parties nominate to be their presidential candidate. Yeah, John, I think that's a good move. I appreciate you doing that. Um, you're right. When we're when we're it used to be in May. Well, by the time May rolled around, the in some cases things were almost decided. So, I think it's good for us to move up. Let's see the UPMC Sunbury closure response is, is still underway. What's your perspective and what's what's the update that you can provide there? We know that you've been a a big help way out there making sure well making sure the employees are well taken care of and then uh, talking about what might be next for that facility. Uh, well that was certainly a gut punch in uh December. I mean it was along the lines of of a wood mode uh, type of thing that uh I uh, just didn't see coming, and then it just hit all of a sudden. Uh, this uh, gave us initially, uh, you know, some time until uh, the end of March, but uh, now it's today's January 31st, and the year is going to be uh, no longer existent after today at a hospital that served the community for over 100 years. Uh, UPMC is an entity that two years, uh, when you do the research on the matter, uh, they didn't, uh, they being UMC, UPMC wasn't looking at Sunbury. It was part of a three-hospital deal. Um, there was one hospital in, in Lycoming County, and then there were 
two that were thrown at quorum that was part of the deal, Sunbury being one of them. Um, so again, it wasn't a community that they necessarily wanted, as we've learned. Um, but uh, since they made the announcement in December, and then even more so when they said that because of uh, staffing issues they're going to have to close the ER, uh, Representative Culver and I, without exaggeration, um, we joke about it, not in a good way, but we have a daily phone call. Um, every single day this week we've had a daily phone call on, on uh, different uh, options, and, and that's what we've been doing. Uh, I can tell you, like last Thursday, we had two different meetings with two different entities. Uh, I drove to uh, Sunbury for one, and I'm giving away, drove to Lewisburg for the other one uh, later in the day, but we are looking at all options, all entities, uh, any interest that uh, has been expressed to us for following down. Uh, to date, uh, UPMC has been cooperative. Uh, we've had a couple of meetings with them. Uh, they've given us their, the plans for the building. They've, they've allowed us to take facilities, p people uh, through the building so that we can check out the, the HVAC and, and all of those uh, sorts of things. So uh, we, any local entity that you could think that we'd be talking to, we've been talking to uh, Joanne Troutman, um, has been involved, and she's a great source of uh, different thoughts and ideas in regard to uh, what might be able to be offered there, uh, especially with her nursing background. Um, uh, we've uh, had a number of communications with the mayor of Sunbury, who's uh, been very uh, interested and involved, and we'll see what uh, happens from it. We've um, Americus, because uh, you know, with the ER closing, uh, we want to make sure that uh, whether the people choose to go to Evan or Geisinger or Shemokin that uh, they can get there and that there's enough coverage or entities because it's one thing if you're picking up and transporting to Sunbury Community Hospital. That's so that our local veterans don't have to travel so far. Yeah, absolutely. And I should include that uh, every, every in-person meeting that we've had, uh, Congressman Keller has had a, a representative at those meetings. Uh, I can tell you that uh, in every conversation we've had, uh, the Veterans Clinic uh, has been brought up because, look, um, we're not going to find another entity that's going to uh, come in and open a hospital. So what we are looking at is a variety of different types of services that could be put there, um, and we're looking at there, but if something else makes sense, uh, then we'll certainly look at that as well. Uh, you know, going back to uh, Representative Phillips and Representative Fairchild, both veterans, uh, they both tried very, very hard to uh, do a veterans clinic probably a dozen or more years ago, and uh, I was part of those meetings, and it just never happened. And obviously, in order to do a veterans clinic, we needed approved by uh, the federal government, which is not Linda and I. But uh, we've certainly explored that, and uh, people have to go, whether it's Baltimore or other different places, uh, a long distance. So uh, we definitely have that as part of the model and uh, are hopeful that we might uh, this time be able to convince uh, Washington uh, to uh, put some sort of veteran clinic uh, as a part of uh, a bigger entity. Thank you. That, that would be great. All right. Uh, we have a moment left. Anything you'd like to add, maybe something else that's important to you or something that you're working on? I uh, just want to say that uh, the budget uh, gets introduced on February, uh, what is it, the 4th? It's Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Uh, is, is that the 4th? Yep. 
Okay, so uh, the governor will be presenting his budget for the upcoming year on the 4th, so that will certainly produce some some news. Uh, I appreciated you uh, adjusting my schedule a little bit. I'm heading up to uh, a press conference with uh, Senator Baker and Senator Udicek here in Luzerne County in regard to the closing of the retreat prison. Uh, that was finally announced uh, two weeks ago by the governor, and that certainly has ramifications in another part of my district for 300 and some employees uh, there. So we're, we're making an announcement about some uh, hopeful investment uh, and some decisions in regard to that facility. But uh, representing five counties, it keeps you on your toes. You don't know what the, uh, the issue is, but it also makes the job very interesting and, and rewarding. All of Montour County, Snyder County, Northumberland County, Columbia County, and parts of Dauphin County, and parts of Luzerne County. Wow. You can cover a lot of territory. John, I also have to extend to you my apology because uh, I, I, I was talking out of another part of my anatomy a couple of months ago. I did apologize via email, you but did. Yep. I, I just wanted to follow up on we're the fine. radio. So. Yeah, we're fine. All right, we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much. Come and visit Thanks us sometime. Take keep, care, John. All right, we'll talk again. Uh, State Senator John Gordner, 27th District, Republican. Um, getting her done. I mean, he I, is. I can't imagine any other standard. He, he has been a stalwart uh, for this district, and he is always on the go. I, I don't know how he does it, but he is just always on the go. Well, we'll keep in touch with him. Uh, we'll take reaction, and uh, we can forward questions to the senator if you have some questions in the next segment of On the Mark. We'll talk about the impeachment, the convention of states, and headlines and sponsors coming up. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings and welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show, On the Mark. Uh, U.S. Army veteran John Shipman is with us. We want to be 100% clear about that. And uh, SRI uh, volunteer and treasurer, we s- partici- actually participating in Sawdust Ministry at the Albright Center. Absolutely. That's exciting. Yep. We saw your picture in the paper. You were among the hard workers there, so good for you. Uh, yeah, just a perennial hard work around here. Uh, still helping out his uh, friend Ben Wilhelm out at Lone Oak, so still involved in the investment business and insurance. Do you, is there anybody that can say, John, I'm John Shipman's client anymore? Though? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so some lucky folks around here uh, have John as, as uh, good advice and, and agent for what they're up to. So, uh, but uh, we're, And he's conservative, so he's a good Republican, and uh, so we bring that on to the show today, and so I appreciate him coming in. He's retired, but he's the busiest guy I know. You don't want. You're not going to watch the Super Bowl too much, right? We've established. I, that. I might. I might watch a little here and there, but I. I've, I. I have other things that I need to get prepared for. So, um, whether I, I'll say, I used to watch two football games every Sunday, and, and oh I figured that's like that's like seven seven hours or eight hours, and I I just don't have that kind of time, so I don't watch much football except Penn State. Okay, when well, you'll be able to watch the commercials, they're sometimes entertaining, <laughs> right? So during the Super Bowl <laughs> and other times too, on the market is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. We invite you to do as I've done many times. Go to the sunburymotors.com website, sunburymotors.com. Build your next 
Ford, Hyundai, Kia, or Lincoln to your precise specifications and get that uh, all ready to go. Uh, get the necessary whatever from your spouse and then hit click send and they'll be waiting for you down there. You can also check out all their vehicles at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is now open. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We have an open day. We can talk about the impeachment and what looks like it'll be a failed opportunity to have witnesses testify during the impeachment trial in the Senate. I said last Monday, I'll say it again, this is such a colossal, huge, phenomenal, incredibly stupid waste of time. Let's move on. I don't know what John's view is that. We'll find out momentarily. But the, if, if we'd have opened it up to witnesses, uh, I probably would have had a meltdown. Uh, but we can also talk about that. Uh, a social score law failed in the U.S. House yesterday, so we'll talk about that. Uh, there's an upcoming meeting in Bloomsburg that relates to some of the elements of the Convention of States, and we'll get a Convention of States update. So that's our our plan, but it is open. If you have something you'd like to discuss, please uh, give us a buzz. We would very much like to hear from you. Uh, you can call us, 1-800-795-9565. Now is the time to call. You can email us, as one individual has done. He's emailed us. Uh, correction is the subject line, so we'll read that on the radio. Uh, you can text us at 70236. So we would very much uh, like to hear from you today. Some brief news headlines. Through his first two years in office, Sunbury Mayor Kirk Karlovich has worked to restaff and upgrade the city's police department and make more improvements in the, the city's department. The mayor is in charge of police in this particular city configuration. He says this year, one thing, two more full-time officers will be hired. And another thing... We're going to be doing additional training for officers, management of the department. We are in the process, or at least going to look at the future for accreditation of the entire police department unit itself. Karlovich says the city is looking into funding options for its new police station plan, which would renovate an existing warehouse owned by the city at Chestnut and All Streets. He says that particular property brings an advantage... We're going to be reinvesting into the actual community. We're going to be reinvesting into a city-owned property that's already off the tax road, so we don't have to worry about that being removed any longer. And then it's going to make the local property values boost as well. But he says uh, that is not a done deal. That's where they're leaning now, hoping to get funding. He says he is open to other options. You can hear his remarks on the WKOK podcast page. Police say in Danville, a Berwick man threatened to drive his car through the front entrance of Geisinger because he was frustrated with appointment scheduling. 65-year-old William Summers of Berwick threatened to drive through the front of the building, now facing felony charges of making terroristic threats after that incident. Some other news briefly here. President Donald Trump serving up his own counter-programming to his impeachment trial by promoting his new trade deal and rallying supporters in two Midwestern states he views as crucial to his re-election. Trump addressed workers at the manufacturing plant in Michigan Thursday to celebrate a new trade agreement with Canada and Mexico that he signed into law a day earlier, but he couldn't hide his anger over the impeachment trial, complaining it was overshadowing the new trade deal. Well, that is very true. You heard very little about about the new trade deal. Uh, and from Michigan, he flew to Iowa for a big campaign rally in Des Moines ahead of Monday's first in the nation caucuses. Finally, while other teams are using Native American nicknames and imagery, they faced decades of protests and boycotts. Kansas City's been immune. The Chiefs will appear in their first Super Bowl in 50 years when they play the San Francisco 49ers Sunday, what is traditionally the largest TV audience of the year to watch an NFL game or watch the Kansas City 
fans break into their war chant, which includes a mimic tomahawk chop. Although many defend the display as a fun fan tradition, others view it as offensive and racist to Native Americans. Isn't that funny? I've, I've heard you know the Redskins get all the headlines, but uh, I guess Kansas City has something. Well, I think that the name Chiefs is probably doesn't trigger the same kind of thing well, as Redskins, true. and I, so yeah, I, you know, um, I, I I think that you know, like Shikalimi Braves, it's it's a nothing of, wrong with it. No, it's sort of a benign uh, term, uh, unlike the the Washington. <laughs> uh, uh, team names. So. Right. Well, yeah, and the war chant. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad we're having this discussion. I've always been an advocate for all of your symbolism and, and mannerisms to be as respectful as possible. And if if you can convince people or just at least to mandate in some cases that they be as respectful as possible, I'm always for that. Uh-oh, here comes the war chant coming now. <laughs> This is the official Chiefs work ride. All right, and it includes the tomahawk chop type m- movement. Yeah, you have okay. to be, yeah, you have to be doing that. Yep. And they start behind their head. I have seen it. It's it's not just a short chop. They start behind your the head. Full deal. Okay. Right. <laughs> they're they're chopping a log in half okay. on this one. Thank you so much, Rob Center. Always appropriate and paying attention. You'll watch a little of the Super Bowl, though. I think I will probably a little bit. And, and Rob, we'll, we'll watch it from kickoff to the beginning of the halftime, then from the end of halftime to the end of the game. Uh, not the ha- not the middle show. Not really interested this year. No, Jennifer Lopez and and Shakira. Okay, yeah, yeah. They might surprise you though. They it, might. It would have to be a surprise. But Actually, that's also a really good time to do something you can't do while the commercials are on. <laughs> okay, which would be anything. Go for, go take the dog for a walk. Well, thank heaven for the DVR because uh, I don't like the thirty seconds between plays, so I skip. Pa- you know, I let the game get ahead of me. Yeah. Skip past that and then uh, move on. All right, uh, we do have open phones. So we are uncomfortably open phones. We can talk about absolutely positively anything you want. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Uh, you can email us at on the mark at wkok dot com. Now, when it comes to impeachment, are you monitoring this debacle or what? Oh yeah, yeah. Deal? I've I, I've been following it pretty closely all along. I think that uh, um, it, it's it's. Uh, you know, the, the current thing is uh, more witnesses. Uh, at the Bill Clinton uh, impeachment, they did allow witnesses, but only witnesses who had already testified or been deposed previously. So they didn't let any new. You know, if the House has really done its job, then there shouldn't be any need for any new witnesses. They should have everything covered. Uh, this is the first uh, impeachment that hasn't really specified a crime. Um, you know, obstruction of Congress, uh, we have three different co-equal branches, and they're supposed to fight with each other. Uh, they're not supposed to be buddy-buddies. Uh, they're supposed to be checks and balances, and the president has the right to to uh, executive privilege. Uh, you can't run, and we're finding that out in this administration, you can't run a government when this, everything you talk about 20 minutes later is is on the news. Uh, there has to be the ability of an administration to have discussions uh, and uh, uh, a decision-making process whereby they, they develop policy that doesn't leak the minute the, the minute that the people walk out of the room. And so executive privilege is a is a 
a well-established right of the president, and just because he's ex- he's exercised that to stymie the current co- the current house, um, I mean, this has going been going on now for two hundred. 200 years plus, and it will probably, if our country goes on another 200 years, it'll go on another 200 years. Thank heaven. But uh, is it impeachment? It's obvious that the president had the quid pro quo, this idea of withholding the aid in exchange for either a meeting at the White House or investigating the Bidens. We know that he did that. We can stipulate that. But is that impeachable? I've argued all along. Have, that you, have you listened to the transcript? I've done everything. I, I know. I mean, there's, he doesn't mention that. And well, the only he doesn't a quid pro quo. You have to say, listen, Mark, <laughs> if you'll do this, I, I want you to do this, and if you don't do this, I'm not paying you. Or if if you don't do this, I won't do that. Right. He and, doesn't say it in that phone call, but everybody else that he's talked to has said it. I mean, all the testimony and all the evidence is is okay. in that favor. Okay. So so it's not in the recording, but somebody else knows that he somehow said it, but it's not on the recording. So how does, if it's not on the recording, how did he say it? Well, I think he probably knew he was recorded and monitored and was half careful. I'm, sh- I'm sure. But the whistleblower came forward sure. anyway. Okay, so now we know where you go. So the whole, th- he, it shouldn't even be an impeachment. I don't, you know. I, think I don't think it rises to the level. Did he okay. do stuff that I wouldn't do? Yes, he did stuff that I yeah, wouldn't do. poor did, judgment. Has he said things that I wouldn't say? Yes, he said things that I wouldn't say. You know, he is a crude and rude man, but we need to remember that this is a blue-collar billionaire, okay? This guy grew up in the in the rough and tumble New York State real estate market, and he's he's a counterpuncher. You you throw a, you punch him, he'll punch you back harder if he can. Uh, I don't like this kind of government. It 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 doesn't it doesn't just settle right with me. On the other hand, I have to say he's the first president in my lifetime that's actually did what he said he was going to do, or tried to do what he said he was going to do. You know, most of them make you all kind of promises during the election, and as soon as the election's over, they forget all about you. And what are we waiting for? We're only waiting for health care and one other big promise, not yeah, the, uh, um, the, to fully secure the border. I mean, he's working on that. Well, but uh, chipping away at it. But, you know, uh, you and I'm for I I'm a hundred percent for immigration. I mean, we need immigration, legal immigration. I, legal immigration. I'm a hundred percent opposed to illegal immigration. You've right. got to know who's coming in and why they're coming here. All right, we are enjoying open phones. We have planted the seed about impeachment. The witness vote looks like it's going to be at least 50-50 and maybe more lopsided, so we're not looking for the... Thank heaven, boy, if, I, if they decided to accept witnesses, <laughs> I would have had a meltdown. Well, and the thing is that, that, that it, it would be against precedent... It's never. It's been against precedence to to call new witnesses. Oh, Brent, okay. that haven't already to, been talked. That about. haven't already. If if the House would have done their job, they would have a clear cut case that they could say, "Listen, it's obvious that there was a crime." You know, I I did. I was not in favor of Bill Clinton's impeachment. You know, they they caught him on a, a lie under oath. Okay, it wasn't a crime for him to have an affair with Monica Lewinsky. For crying out loud, half the presidents in the United States have probably had affairs in right in the White House. So, Ooh. I mean, there's a bunch of them anyway. So, that's not that, that, and that's not what the impeachment was about. The impeachment was that he lied about it under oath. So, so okay, you know, so 
lying under oath isn't a good thing, okay? But is, is lying under oath really an impeachable offense? Well, I guess some people thought it was. But, you know, it did the same thing back then. I mean, it tore the country apart. And, and, and uh, over what? You know, to what end? Yeah, we, right. we all knew the outcome was going to. What the outcome was going to be, he wasn't going to be t- removed from office. All right, we got callers lined up. We got a text waiting. We got an email standing by. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to uh, live up to our promise to enjoy an open day. Now, we are talking about impeachment at this split second, but we don't have to stay there. Convention of states. We talked a little bit about that. Moving up the primary. Uh, quid pro quo is written <laughs> by a man who had to look it up before he typed it because he didn't he didn't know how to spell quid. I I know that to be true because I know this guy. He's a good egg. Hey, and uh, we have an email correction. Somebody's sending us. I'm assuming they're correcting something I'm, I've said. I can almost guarantee you. So we'll look at that email when we come back. We'll be right back. Stand by, everybody. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. And wow, did you want to have a fun day in 2019? Sunbury Motors increased their year-over-year new Hyundai sales by a whopping 70%. Customers near and far are noticing the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 2020 Hyundai Tucsons have a discount of over $4,000. New Tucsons start at $22,863 with $25 in stock. Sunbury Motors has 12 2020 Hyundai Kona's stock starting at 22585 Save up to 2835 on your next new Kona. 70% increase in sales is huge. And so are the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Choose from 20 Hyundai Santa Fe's with savings up to 4571 All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hurry to Sunbury Motors Hyundai to see how they increase sales by 70%. Sunbury Fourth Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. John Shipman's my good co-host today, and Rob Setter's always the fabulous producer, so we appreciate his help and hard work. We got a caller that's been standing by. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Matthew, thank you so much for calling in. Good morning. Uh, you are on the air. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate you uh, having John Shipman on as a co-host. I'm calling in uh, in reference to uh, Senator Gordner's comments. I really thank him for commenting on Convention of States. He has been on the State Government Committee. In 2018, there was a hearing on uh, Convention of States, Article 5, with some other counter um, interests. And I think um, so he's, he's gotten a lot of information on it. And uh, he did um, bring up one concern about a local highway project. And I'd like to uh, show you how a Convention of States would address that exactly. Maybe John Shipman could even uh, comment on this. That uh, the federal government, according to Senator Colburn at the Pennsylvania Leadership Conference in 2018, stated up to, up to in general over the U.S., up to 60% of a state spending is controlled either directly or indirectly by the federal government. So that's how they keep us in check and we're mere vassals of the um, federal government. The states really have very little say since they no longer have state representation by the state state senators, federal senators. So, um, you know, I would like to hear what John Shipman has to say about this convention of states and how it could address uh, federal spending uh, uh, that affects the local level. All right. Go ahead, John. Well, Matthew, I I agree with that. what, for instance, uh, uh, 
how the federal government controls education is they raise tremendous amount of money either through taxes or through borrowing and then they say to the to the states well now here's our program no child left behind um, whatever the current program happens to be and if you implement this we'll give you money but if you don't implement this we won't give you money so uh, sort of a quid pro quo <laughs> and uh, and so you're exactly right on uh, on many from many of these departments they control the states by controlling the flow of money of money to the states. So, uh, Matthew, that's a good point. All right, thank you so much, Matthew. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, Convention thank of you. States has a good adv- a good advocate here and has some followers. We've had some of the uh, state leaders. Uh, I'm going to say Mr. Smith was here. Is that his last name? Uh, months uh, ago. Uh, okay. uh, Steve Davies. Steve Davies, okay. And um, you can go back to our archives and, and catch yeah. more about the Convention of States. And, and the frequently asked questions were part of it. Uh, we went down a list of commonly asked uh, issues that uh, pop up. Uh, we talked to uh, State Senator John Gordon about the idea of moving up the Pennsylvania Spring Primary by more than a month or so. Uh, Cindy, what's your view on that idea? Well, I was—I didn't catch everything that he had to say. First, good morning. I didn't catch everything he had to say, so my question is, how did he address the issue of the impact on public school districts? See, here in Pennsylvania, they passed a law in 2006 when they were passing that gambling law, and the law says that school districts are limited in how much they can raise the local property taxes every year. However... They can go to the constituency, the people, and ask them to exceed their Act 1 limit, it's called. In order to do that, they go to the primary and they put a question on the ballot. And this was, of course, they had until May. And what was the importance of that was that that gave them time to make a campaign of their case to the community about why they needed this extra money and that everyone should agree to it. Well, if you cut off, aren't you cutting off their nose when you do this now? Aren't you, if you take away a month plus of time in which the school districts make the case, I mean, how do they answer that question? Um, Cindy, did I don't say anything about that. No, that did not come up at all. In mm. fact, uh, mm. he said that there's there were five proposals put forward. One was rejected. The other four are being looked at. But we, he did not talk any specifics at all. Now, the other thing that's in the Senate right now that I find really disturbing is a proposal to raise taxes on every working person through their income tax to create a fund, yet another state fund. And this fund would provide money to people who were out on family or medical leave, <clears throat> which sounds very charitable. But I ask myself, how has that gone in the past when the state has established these funds and then how well has the state managed them? So I reflect on things like, you know, they establish these pension funds, and the employee pays in, and the employer, that would be the state, vis-a-vis the taxpayers pay into that. How well has that gone? It's been a disaster. They've set up the MedCap fund in which they collect money from all of the physicians and medical providers, and they hold this money in case there's a big lawsuit to defend them. What happened with that? Governor Rendell raided that fund and took $500 million out of it and spent it during his reign as governor of the state. Not so much, I think you'd agree. 
What about workman's compensation? Well, the same agency they propose to run this new thing that they're going to tax people that are working, they're going to accumulate the money. They had a debacle for years in terms of running the workman's compensation fund, in terms of people's access to it in this computer system that was an overage of millions and millions of dollars overspent, and still the darn thing didn't work correctly. So I ask myself, is there any evidence that government can establish these funds and function well? And I'm hard-pressed to think of one. Social Security. The federal government established Social Security. Everyone who works pays into it. They just couldn't keep their fingers off of it, and they take the extra money out of it every year and spend it on other things, like funding wars in uh, uh, Ukraine, for example. So I think that we as, as consumers, as constituents as workers should be saying, oh, wait a minute. Now, are there resources out there if you want to purchase a commercial product at your own choice that will uh, provide you with this kind of coverage? Yes, they acknowledge that 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 is readily available. And does every worker have the capacity to say, you know, just in case I'm going to put 15 bucks in this savings account here every week, just in case I ever need to fall right. back people, on that. People sure can do, do that. Okay. All right, go ahead and wrap up, Cindy. Go right ahead. So I think that my fellow Pennsylvanians should be very concerned about the state proposing to establish one more fund that they can mismanage, malfunction, and raid whenever they choose to and leave the taxpayers on the hook for the disaster they create. Well, thank, I, thank, you. I th- thank you. Cindy, just before you go, I think it was funny that uh, the state passed this major milestone the other week when they finally paid off the billions of dollars of workmen's compensation debt that they had to borrow to get out of out yes. of the trouble that yes. they were in I mean, before. They said, hey, look, look at us. <laughs> we're, I agree, we're so good. And, you know, just one, I know I'm abusing my time, but I didn't call <laughs> yesterday. Well, I do have to you dig know, up the I next call. Yeah. this impeachment thing. This is a very serious thing. And yet I ask myself, what is this really? Because time after time, the senator would propose a question, and the answerer would get up and get out a book and read off a piece of paper an answer, which tells me that the person answering the question already knew what the question was. So is this really meant to inform the senators, or is this really just a dog-and-pony show for the taxpayers? Uh, and I'm sorry to say, the, yeah, well, I think there you it's go. The yeah, the latter, absolutely. Thank you so much, Cindy. Appreciate that. Dan, you're going to be the last caller before a quickie break. Uh, your topic today: impeachment. Thanks for checking in. Yes, I'm with you, gentlemen. I believe that. To, I hope this is ended this evening. They vote to debunk it, and they the the group that was for impeachment. It all backfired on him. This morning, F&M did a a poll, and Trump gained from 38% up to 41% in approval rating. So everything they're doing against this great president is backfiring on him. And if they keep it up, I think there'll be a landslide election because people are sick and tired of this. For over three years, they've been doing nothing but trying to get this election overturned of President Trump. So I sure hope 
when Trump's reelected that the resistance movement, the whole swamp and the establishment can let Trump be the president of the United States with some respect. They don't have to like him, but I hope they can give him the due respect as the president of the United States deserves. I don't think so. If he if he gets reelected, I would think you could look for more impeachments in your in your future. <laughs> yeah, it's a sad thing, and I know you're not in favor. Even though you might come from a different perspective than I do, you think it was a waste of time too, and we agree on that. There's a lot of things we can agree on, even though we come from a different viewpoint. And we should let, since he was duly elected, let's stop this resistance. Yeah, you can have your opinion and voice it, but not all this resistance against Trump. And let's move on. He's doing a great job for everybody. Yeah, if he was a failure, there might be some justification but he's the people's president. Like John said, I agree, he can be rude and crude, but he's getting the job done. And that's why many of us voted for Trump. We figured he might be the only one in that whole group of Republicans that could get the job done. I don't even think Ted Cruz would have <laughs> got near this far because he was a part of the establishment, maybe not as much as some of the others, but Trump, being an outsider, was the only one that could stand up against the establishment because he wasn't bought off by it. So, well, my my guy Jeb would have done fine too. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Good, good points, Dan. <laughs> yeah, Thank you so I, much, Dan. You guys can comment on it, or if that's enough. That's good. Well, I, I I'll think get that, off the air and good talking with you, gentlemen. Good thank you, Dan. Thanks for calling. Again today, very thank informative. You. Yeah, if one of these other Republicans had got elected, well, here's here's the point uh, that I'd like to make in a follow up to what Stan just said. If we lower the bar for impeachment to the fact that we don't like this guy. Uh, every time you have a president and you have a House of Representatives that's from the other party, they can impeach. I mean, this is a dangerous precedent. There needs to be actual crimes committed. There needs to be actual misconduct. The, the Constitution says high crimes. I mean, serious stuff. The political squabbles don't qualify for for that. Well, I, I I wouldn't say I've been a fan or not a fan of Alan Dershowitz, but I thought his his remarks on you know earlier well it would have been last week yeah. were fabulous. Looking into what these things really mean, and, and you know he said, "I'm not defending President Trump. I'm defending the Constitution." 
or ex- almost just explaining, you know, yeah. it's, it's sort of sort of school us a little bit. All right, well, we have time for more callers. Uh, we are getting close to 20 minutes before the hour. 1-800-795-9565. We have two open lines. We've got two callers waiting. So Mike and Dale, stand by. we got an email that relates to an, a correction. And believe it or don't, they're not specifically correcting me. They're just sort of correcting our inability Another, to correct people. Right. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, we will still read that email on the radio. And uh, Stan sent me a text about impeachment. So we'll read that, too. 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. We're going to check our social score soon, see how we're doing uh, so that uh, we can be codified and uh, penalized if we're not doing a good job for the country. So we'll talk about that. Uh, there's a meeting coming up in Bloomsburg. Uh, we are we did talk about Convention of States a little bit. Moving up the Pennsylvania spring primary election for not to April, which is usually the last week in April. Or what, what did we say? One time it was in May, right? Yeah. Jeez. It's going to be the third Tuesday in March. Right. So that'll be when some other states are having theirs. It's not Super Tuesday, but it'll be an important Tuesday. It's the week after Super Tuesday. Okay. It'll be a semi-Super Tuesday. And, of course, we talked a little bit about the impeachment. So, But we're enjoying open phones. We can talk about absolutely anything you would like to. Uh, Mike's been waiting inordinately long, so I apologize for that, Mike, but thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. You're welcome. Uh, I wanted to follow up on what Cindy was talking about where she said that the state has a limit on how much school districts can raise property taxes in a year. And if that limit is exceeded, or if the school board wants to exceed that limit, they have to go to the voters. Well, we have the same situation up here in central Columbia, and they're working on a preliminary budget. And the idea is that the preliminary budget will be over the limit. So preemptively, they want to apply for an exemption that will bypass the voters and allow them to violate the limit that was imposed without voters having a say in it. And the editor of our paper wrote an editorial, and he said that these exemptions are basically passed out like candy. Well, I'm I'm not quoting him exactly. I'm not sure what analogy he used, but it was like they pass out like candy in a kid's parade, you know. So I I think that uh, we're, we're in trouble with the property taxes and in my mind, the middle-class property homeowner is going to become an endangered species because we're getting squeezed from every direction. And I, and I think, I don't want to be, uh, you know, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy thing, but it's my opinion that these uh, globalists, the elitists, the socialists, they do not want people to have their own home because we all know what happens for, you know, the majority of the time when you get a little piece of ground, put a house on it, guess what? You may have been a liberal before, but once you start paying them property taxes, you become a conservative real quick, usually. <laughs> All right. And then, well, that's I, a good point. You I know. wanted to answer a question, if I could, that Cindy had. She talked about the impeachment and what a serious issue this was, but her question was, what, what is this really? Well, in my mind, it's a political charade because there was no reason to do this. Because he did not, like your uh, other host there said, there was no crime committed. And if we would have applied the same standard to Barack Obama, how many times could he have been impeached? Two come to mind, fast and furious with the gun running, and when he bypassed the Senate for a treaty with Iran. Both of those were basically 
impeachable offenses if you were to apply the same standard to him as you just applied to Trump. So, yes, we are in dangerous ground when we decide that we're just going to impeach a uh, president because it serves us politically and we don't like him and we think it'll help us win the next election. That's, that's dangerous. And this whole thing is a shrade. And uh, I, I'm, I'm totally disgusted with it. And I do think that that's one of the things that Democrats wanted to do. They just wanted to wear us down, make us all tired of it, with the hope that if we get rid of Trump in November, it won't happen in 2021. Again. Well, I agree with you on some of this, Mike, particularly about this. Uh, it's, it's funny how the Democrats picked this particular item to to run impeachment on. I think it w- definitely would have been worthy of a censure, assuming, of course, you could get even more evidence of it. But I'm satisfied with the evidence, but not everybody is. But so it might be worthy of a censure. But uh, I think of other things the president has done. I think they were worthy of impeachment, not what he's getting impeached for. You know, I think this idea of disclosing the whistleblower, this transfer money from uh, the defense budget in, into the wall, and some other things uh, are definitely, you know, poor judgment in my view, but uh, this this particular thing is the least of my concerns. But anyway, okay, Mike, thank you so much. John, a reaction yeah, a, to Mike, please? I, well, I appreciate that, but I have a comment on what you just said. Uh, the Whistleblower well, Act... Let me say goodbye to Mike then. Mike, okay. thank you so much for checking in. We really appreciate it. Good oh, comments. You're welcome. All of them. The Whistleblower Act does not guarantee anonymity. The only thing it guarantees is no retribution. So every other every other whistleblower has been made public from the beginning. Why not this one? Well, because Mr. Schiff is involved, and he didn't meet with him, but he did meet with him, but he didn't meet with him, but he did meet with him, but his staff met with him. So, <laughs> so, but, but I don't know his name. Uh, you know what a you know. Crock, I believe, is the word you were headed for. Right. You were back at the donut shop there for a minute. All right. Uh, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners sends us a note. It says it's entitled Correction. It's not specifically correcting me, but he's doing the same thing someone else did earlier this week, saying that somebody was on the show and said something that was untrue. Uh, it says, at, at the end of your show yesterday, you had a text from someone who said that because Trump didn't give Ukraine the aid, Russia attacked Ukraine. The the Russians annexed Crimea during the Obama administration in 2014. And does anyone remember President Obama's response? No, because there was no response. Obama always underestimated Russia in his foreign policy until it was convenient for him to attack Trump. Perhaps you should find a sponsor for a fact checker for your show so that when someone states an incorrect fact, it can be correct. Super idea. We do have a fact checker, but uh, he's bogged down on President Trump's many, many lies, so he can't get to anything else. He's working on those. So, no, I'm being facetious, but uh, excellent idea. I wish we did have a fact checker. AP does fact checking. If you send it to them in about three weeks, they'll send me back the the (laughs) response. So uh, they are uh, somewhat not helpful there. Uh, Text-wise, when I said that there was a quid pro quo, Stan, who is uh, smarter than I, says... No, Mark, the testimony by the witnesses did not say that Trump asked for a quid pro quo. In fact, they all said that he never asked for that. The ambassadors all said it. Well, didn't Sondland say that he knew all about it? Sondland said when he was asked directly, was there a quid pro quo? He He said no. But the guy that was sitting with him at an outdoor cafe in Europe, while 
Ambassador Sunderland was talking to the president on his cell phone, said that he heard the president uh, give the quid pro quo. So I want to ask, you know, if you're sitting at an outside outdoor restaurant and I'm talking on my cell phone and you're sitting on the, across the table from me, what's the chances you're going to hear what the person on the other end of that call is saying in my ear? I can't even hear the people I am talking to. <laughs> me either. Let, let alone other people. Case made. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mark, what evidence is there? No evidence that would ever hold up in a court of law. The House failed miserably to prove anything because there is nothing. All right. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Uh, Dale, make it a quickie. We've got to hit, hit a break, and we've got some other cover stuff to cover, but go right ahead. I just wanted to let everybody know, a communist country usually uh, their goal is to make government bigger and to put more pressure on people who are not in government. So it seems like our whole country, Democrats and Republicans, are on board to make this a communist country. And uh, they said before, a couple years ago, they're going to reduce property taxes because of the casino, and they're going to eliminate the school tax. But it seems like they're both going up. And, well, what do you what do you expect with the size of the government? You know, there's going to be more pensions involved and health care costs involved. But when it comes to technology, we have digital technology accounting services. When it comes to government, though, they use those services, but they still hire more people to count what the computers do. So, I mean... It just doesn't make sense. I mean, we're, we're on a way to communist country, like it or not. I mean, it's okay. Well, this is funny. That you'll appreciate this, Dale, because you're talking about the same thing. This is from Harrisburg. Where did I find that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's communist. Oh, the Watchdog Pretty Agency. You're going to see the Venezuela Act. The taxpayers versus the uh, government employees. That's exactly what happened in Venezuela. The government employees got yeah. greedy and they started That doesn't sound that ideal. All right. Thank you so much, Dale. Yeah, Pennsylvania Watchdog Agency tasked with monitoring state misconduct and waste found itself in the center of a $160,000 gaffe. They recently purchased new handguns, ammunition, and other items for officer protection. Trouble is, Inspector General individuals aren't cleared to carry firearms and don't. So... Maybe they'll have some cheap guns for sale. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what that's one of the things they say. They've decided they will instead store the items in a guarded, secure facility for now. And the office working to repurpose the firearms. <laughs> repurpose. <laughs> a broom can be used for a hundred things, right. but a gun is just a gun. Right. That's about it. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Stand by, Al. And then we're going to put the lines on hold because we got a lot to cover in a short amount of time. So we'll get that started shortly here. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. And wow, did you want to have a fun day in 2019? Sunbury Motors increased their year-over-year new Hyundai sales by a whopping 70%. Customers near and far are noticing the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 2020 Hyundai Tucson's have a discount of over $4,000. New Tucson started $22,863 with $25 in stock. Sunbury Motors has 12 2020 Hyundai Kona in stock starting at 22585 save up to 2835 on your next new Kona 70% increase in sales is huge and so are the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai choose from 20 Hyundai Santa Fe's with savings up to 4571 all new Hyundai's come with America's best warranty 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty hurry to Sunbury Motors Hyundai to see how they increase sales by 70% Sunbury. Fourth Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. 
Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Al, thank you so much for checking in. You have the floor. Okay, I got comments on all four things you've been talking about today, or some of the four things you were talking about. Okay. The um, convention of states, that's because the government's getting too big. They want to shrink the size. And another thing I just added to that, I would think of flat tax, because the federal tax is just way too high and limits the state uh, operations, it sounds like, from listening to the show. And then on immigration, uh, we were always taught in school this is a great melting pot, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, I remember that, you know, clearly. And then on uh, President Trump and our vote, our vote is kind of like money when it came to Joe Paterno, like Penn State, because Joe came, he came from the same area, and he was rude and crude, but he had his ways, and he brought us right into a championship uh, state university team. And, you know, a lot of, he did a lot of things that were controversial, but it worked for him, like taking the names off the jerseys and so forth, making it all seem like one more team. And I'm just glad that... Uh, the other day, a caller called and didn't like our callers calling if they didn't have the right opinions or comments. But I just appreciate getting my comments out. All right. You know, I'm a big advocate for saving the babies. It's all about the babies for me. Pro-life. Gotcha. All right. Thank yeah. you so much, Al. Really yeah, appreciate bye. you checking in. On the Mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street of Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. Find out tons more about them at sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspections. They'll pump you up with nitrogen, and they'll take good care of you there. You can check out everything they do at the Sunbury Motors website, sunburymotors.com. Brand new Fords, Hyundais, Kias, and Lincolns, and pre-owned vehicles that have literally been through a 200 or 300 point check and are good to go and are really cleaned out and are ready for uh, new ownership and a new life. Uh, Sunbury Motor Company, sponsor of our On the Mark show. What's that meeting all about that's coming up in Bloomsburg? Uh, There's going to be a meeting to discuss uh, Convention of States issues. Uh, It will be held February the 18th. Uh, That's a Tuesday at 2 p.m. at the Bloomsburg Library, 225 Market Street in Lewis. In, in, in Bloomsburg. And this is a nonpartisan, this is not Democrat, Republican, this is just a conversation for people to discuss what we can do to help fix the problem we have in Washington. Everybody's invited. February the 18th, Tuesday, 2 p.m., on the second floor of the Bloomsburg Library, 225 Market Street, Bloomsburg. And the social score legislation went under the radar yesterday. Yes, it did. Uh, you know, social score is what what they're doing in China right now. So if you do what the government approves, you, your score goes up, so you get more favors. But if you do, don't do what the government approves, or you do something the government disapproves of, your social score goes down, and you lose privileges. And this was in Washington? And in Washington, the House, it was introduced in the House to prevent that kind of thing in in uh, uh, the United States of America, and the House voted it down. 
so that we can't prevent social scoring in in but who who would want to who would do that well uh, I would think that anybody that's out there on the way out there on the progressive end uh, would be happy to do that. All right, and we should. Would you remember the bill number? Or what, what I going? do not. I okay. just read that. The, I just read that this morning and dashing out the door to come up here okay. and didn't get the details. We'll get the rest of the story as time goes on. One of our listeners, I said that we can use AP to do fact checking, and they do fact checking of uh, uh, both houses of Congress and both. It's nonpartisan, and they also fact check the president. Uh, but uh, one of our good listeners. Uh, points out something very, very true. The AP needs a fact checker, Mark, <laughs> and that is so true. They, uh, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know about the facts, but their judgment is so, so uh, weird sometimes. All right, uh, Than sends us a note. Uh, says, "I have owned a house for well over fifty years and still haven't been dumb enough mm-hmm. to follow a man who believes he can do anything he wants to do as president and is handing out Kool Aid to his followers." Thank you for that. And there is a notice on page D2. That would be back in the classified section of today's paper. Shikalemi is requesting a referendum to raise taxes above the legal limit. That's going to be another show for another day, right? You bet. Local taxes and tax reform. Well, we'll invite Senator Gordner back to call in on that one, too. There are some pending tax reform measures. Shikalemi already has 93 mills of real estate tax. It's the highest district in the county. 93? 93. That's ridiculous. How did that happen? They snuck it up every every year. Okay. And <laughs> Two more mills this year. And that's going to happen. John Shipman, proud to call you friend. I'm not going to read the whole resume again. Me too, Mark. You're a good friend, and uh, I just enjoy being t- here with you today. Thank you so much. Thanks for everybody for listening to On the Mark. This is WKOK Sunbury.